to the She's Going Places podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and welcome back to another Wednesday. I am back in Birmingham. I'm back in my room at my apartment, and it feels good to be sitting down and recording for y'all. I hope that you had an amazing Thanksgiving break with your family and getting to see your friends and eat yummy food, and hopefully you got some rest. I maybe rested a little bit of a break definitely not as much as I needed to but it was really great being home with my family and getting to see Hunter and celebrate the holidays and you know get back into a routine I was home for about like seven or eight days which was just really really nice I ended up skipping school Monday and Tuesday before Thanksgiving break and so It was just really good to be down there for a good chunk of time, but now I'm back and ready to finish out the rest of my semester. Before we hop into what this week's episode is about, which you guys read the title about being a perfectionist, let's do our going places and going nowhere moments of the week. I think for sure my biggest going places moment of the week is while I'm recording this, Today, aside from literally having a great week at home and getting stuff done with the wedding and getting to shop for things and spend time with my family and we decorated my house for Christmas. Those are all amazing. But today when I'm recording this, which is the day before that you guys are going to hear it, you know, you know I record last minute. It is November 30th, which is the one year anniversary of Hunter and I getting engaged, which I mean, it's not like this like big anniversary that we need to celebrate, but it's just kind of crazy that it's already been a year that literally while I'm recording this, like not my whole life changed because I hate wording it like, oh my gosh, you get married and your whole life changes. But at that point on, like literally I feel like a huge part of my life for the last year has been being engaged and planning a wedding and prepping for marriage. And so it's just crazy that, that it's already been 365 days since that happened. And not to give you guys like so many dates because you're like literally who cares, But as of today, the wedding is 67 days away, which literally in general, all of these numbers, like people are always like, how many days or how are you feeling? They get kind of overwhelming. And I feel like sometimes the numbers don't really set in. But over Thanksgiving break, when I when we hit the 70 mark, I was like, holy moly, like I'm getting like I'm actually getting married. And and I feel like this like applies to like any big life event, but like if you're pre- prepping or like, thinking about something for so long and like so far in advance, like you don't feel like it's like actually going to happen, if that makes any sense. So we've been planning this wedding. I mean, I got engaged and we had like 430 days or something until the wedding when we like picked our date or whatever it may be. And we've been doing all this work to plan a wedding and booking vendors and getting everything situated on that end. And in your head, you don't think like, oh my gosh, like the day of the wedding is actually going to happen. Maybe that's just me and maybe I'm crazy, but that's just how I felt through this whole process. Like I've been prepping for this day, but I haven't really thought too much about like what the day itself, like that I'm actually going to experience this day, that there's going to be a day in February coming in 67 days where I'm going to put on a wedding dress and I'm going to literally say my vows and get married to Hunter and all these people are going to be there like the fact that weddings actually happen it's hilarious to me like we've spent so long planning it and then it's just going to be a day and it's going to pass and then I'm never going to plan or 
get married again. You know what I mean? And so that's just been an interesting revelation that I've had. But yes, it has been officially a year since I've gotten engaged. So that's definitely a going places moment. I guess another huge update is that Hunter and I got to say our final goodbye of long distance, which that is even weird to say. I feel like my like word for 2021 has been just weird because just so many weird things are happening, but we did say our last goodbye. We've been doing, if you're new here, we've been doing long distance for my entire time I've been in college, and so it's three and a half years of on again, off again, long distance, and where we only get to see each other over breaks or when we get to go visit each other, and it's about to end. I have three weeks left of the semester until I graduate, and then long distance is over which I wish I could just like look at my 18 year old self who is sitting in her freshman year dorm room probably crying about how much she missed him and be like girl like there is an end date and it comes and it's amazing and you do get married and it is worth it and I don't know it's I've had a lot of these like big like aha moments I think in the last few months honestly of like where I'm finally arriving at these really massive life changes and I feel so redundant always talking about them but that just genuinely is what's so relevant to me right now but yes we got to say our last goodbye it was very sweet we were literally exhausted because I had to take Hunter to the airport at like five o'clock in the morning so it was not this big grandiose moment but it was just like a oh my gosh I'm saying bye to you but I'm seeing you in three weeks and then we're done we're done, we're done, we're done. And so we have so much to do in these last couple of weeks, so it's going to fly by. And I'm just in a weird mood. I guess that would be my going nowhere moment. It's just like I'm in a weird mood wrestling with the fact that things are ending and new things are starting and that I'm finally arriving. I used to always, I'm normally, this is a great example of this, like I'm normally I'm a big Christmas girl. I love Christmas. Christmas is my favorite season. It's my favorite holiday. And normally I'm really quick to just like brush through Thanksgiving because who cares in comparison to Christmas. But this year I've been so dedicated to fall and Thanksgiving because in my head I'm like, okay, well, not all of this, this doesn't end until Christmas. And so I was clinging on to, I realized, Thanksgiving and the idea of fall because I knew once Thanksgiving was over, my life here was going to be kind of wrapping up. And so I'm back and I'm really wrestling with that. It's just so interesting. Like, not a, a good feeling or a bad feeling. It's just weird. And so on that note, let's hop into this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Um, I always appreciate it whenever y'all get to come over and listen. I love getting to chat with y'all and hang out with y'all and just share everything that's going on in my life and hopefully give you some advice about yours. Um, if you haven't already, if you're new here, make sure you go down below and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of our episodes. We have so many amazing old episodes for you to go and binge. Perfect for your traveling commutes for the holidays. Um, perfect for literally working out, cleaning up your room, going on a walk, whatever, whatever it might be. She's Going Places is awesome, and there's plenty of awesome episodes that you need to catch up on, so please do that. And if you haven't yet, make sure you go down below and rate and review the podcast because it seriously helps us grow. And so without further ado, let's hop into my perfectionist problems episode. I've had this episode idea like on my brainstorming sheet for a long time, 
and I felt like now more than ever was the perfect time for me to bring this out onto the internet. And so to start this episode, I need to make a confession. And you guys aren't, you're going to be so surprised, shocked even. My confession is that I am a perfectionist. I know, you guys are, you're completely shocked, you're completely taken aback, you can't believe it, you couldn't tell by literally every episode that I put out. But I am a perfectionist, and this is something that I have literally dealt with my entire life. It sounds like a disease, and it honestly kind of is. Um, growing up, crafts were stressful because I couldn't color outside the lines. It needed to look amazing. I was a girl that when they would color, I would outline in like the darker crayon and then like shade in. You know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was that girl. Schoolwork literally gave me a migraine because like I, I couldn't get anything but A's. I literally wouldn't sleep. I literally uh, would make myself sick over schoolwork because I needed to be the best and I wanted it to be as perfect as possible. And the list goes on and on and on. It, it genuinely, like, it's not this, like, new personality trait. Like, it's part of how the Lord made me. We're just going to be really candid about it. It's been that way since I was little. It is that way now. And a great real-time example is last night, my sorority had a gingerbread house decorating competition. And, you know, so fun. And you also know I'm so competitive. So perfectionist plus um, competitive equals a dangerous territory. And literally me and my roommates, everyone else is like enjoying themselves at this Christmas party, socializing, talking. I didn't talk to anybody. I literally was, I sat down and it was game time about decorating this gingerbread house so it could be perfect. It was like, a, it was a competition to like win Lululemon gift cards. And spoiler alert, we did not win and it was devastating. But I literally like, I was freaking out about the gingerbread house because I just wanted it to be it's not even in my head that I was thinking to myself, this has to be perfect, but that is just the only option for me. And, and if you are a perfectionist, you understand what I'm saying. Like, I couldn't make a bad gingerbread house. Not that I was thinking, this gingerbread house needs to be perfect, but physically, I had to really try. Not because it was, like, hard, but because I wanted it to be good. I really don't even know. If you're a perfectionist, you understand. And so I realized there's some of you who are listening who are maybe not a perfectionist or you have perfectionist tendencies but it's not a big thing and so I thought that we, it would be fun to go through the common traits of a perfectionist so you can either feel seen and be like yep I've known I'm a perfectionist and this is me and now Taylor Cordy is going to speak some truth into me or if you're like I'm not a perfectionist and then you hear this list and you relate to a lot of them you're like okay maybe this is something I need to deal with and so I found this article online called <laughs> 10 signs that you may be a perfectionist and we are going to go through them. They were literally making me die laughing. Okay. So I just had to show them. And so the first perfectionist trait is an all or nothing thinking. And so a lot of times if you're a perfectionist, you like to, you're a high achiever and you like to set really high goals and you work really hard towards them and you want to pursue a level of excellence which you may end up with an end result that is really great, but if it's not exactly this like high goal that you've achieved or these goals aren't completely met, it's almost perfect version of itself is seen as a failure. And so I'm trying to think of a good example of this in my life is if I'm working on, 
I've gotten a lot better about it with grades, but I'm not even kidding. When I would turn in papers and I would get back like a 94 on a rough draft and they're like, this was amazing. My first thought isn't like, oh, I got an A on a paper. My first thought was, why, where did the other six points go? I don't understand. And that was like a failure. When I would get low A's, I viewed them as C's, D's, and F's. I'm not even kidding. Like it, it was just how my brain was programmed. Like I couldn't be grateful for the 94%. All I could think about was what happened to the 6%. The next trait of a perfectionist is that you're highly critical, and that could be of yourself mostly or of others. Um, my experience, I definitely am highly critical of both, but perfection wise, that typically is like you're really critical of yourself and you take pride in your accomplishments and you're really supportive of others. But as a perfectionist, it's really easy for you to spot mistakes and imperfections in anything. You're really judgmental and hard on yourself and you view things as failure. And I'm going to keep talking, I'm going to keep using the word failure because at least for me as a perfectionist, that's how it feels when I don't reach my own perfect standards. Even if there was, I think, a rubric of perfection, most perfectionists live by their own code of perfection, if that makes any sense. For me, I'm just, I've always been very critical of myself in anything that I would do. If someone would tell me that, like I could have a hundred people tell me that I did a great job, which feels really good. But on the inside, if I don't feel like I did really good, then none of it matters. And so it's interesting being a perfectionist and also being an Enneagram 3, which if you guys know about the Enneagram, the Enneagram 3 is the achiever and they love praise from other people. It's like what they're fueled by. They love hearing what other people think about them. But where I feel like I'm kind of interesting and you maybe will relate to this too is that the combination of the two is deadly, is that I crave like the adoration of other people, not in a way that I need that to fulfill me, but I want people's approve, like praise and approval in front of other people because it makes me feel good. But at the end of the day, those words don't fulfill me, which they shouldn't. But then on top of like they can't fulfill me, and really I'm only the best judge of if I succeeded or not. And so in an unhealthy circumstance, that is really, really toxic. But from a healthy perspective, I do want people's approval. But at the end of the day, if I'm content with it, then that's all that matters. But that typically does not happen. So there's definitely really severe ends of the spectrum. But with my experience of being highly critical, it's mostly just me not giving myself a break. The next characteristic is that you're pushed by fear and it's a lot of times it's a fear of failure or a fear of not reaching your goals. I think this podcast is a great example of that at least if I'm going to be a little transparent is that I sometimes and I'm as you guys know I haven't been able to upload as frequently this semester because there's just a lot going on which you all know. And I've gotten sick a lot this semester. I've had a lot just with life, wedding, everything. And I have had to skip a couple episodes, which you know, I'm sure it pains me way more than it pains you. But a lot of times there's days where it doesn't make sense to get an episode up, like it just didn't work out that week. But I'm pushed by the fear of failing you all or even 
realistically myself because you guys don't view it as me failing you by not uploading a podcast episode. But since I made the commitment to upload weekly podcast episodes on Wednesday, I feel like a failure if I don't. And so I'm pushed by that fear of failing in this commitment that I've made, which don't get me wrong, I love this podcast and it literally is one of like my greatest joys. Literally this semester I've had a lot of people sit me down and be like, you need to start prioritizing what's most important to you, which I'll talk about later, because mental health-wise, like, you can't be a perfectionist in all of these areas, and so something has to give, and the podcast has always been at the top of the list of something that I just can't let give, because it does genuinely make me happy, so I'm not saying this to be like, oh, the podcast, it just kills me, I'm just so afraid of failure, that's the only reason why I upload, that's not true, but that's just a good example of being pushed by fear. The next characteristic is having unrealistic standards. What's funny about this one is that a perfectionist goals aren't always even reasonable. Like you can have these really high goals and you'll just up them. Like I know for me, I will set these goals and it's like that doesn't even make any sense because I just like living on this idea that like in the I enjoy the pursuit of my goals and the pursuit of my dreams and the what I want, but I'm almost sometimes setting myself up for failure because they're almost unachievable or they're unrealistic. And it's fine for something to be unrealistic because I have the mentality that's like, well, I'm going to make it happen. It doesn't even matter. But there comes to a point where an unrealistic standard can be damaging. Okay, next one is focused on results. And boy, also what I think is funny is all of these perfectionist characteristics. I'm like, here's a real world example where this applies to me. So, great. Oftentimes, perfectionists are so concerned with meeting their goals and avoiding the failure of not meeting them that they can't even enjoy the process of getting to the goal or striving towards that goal. I think I can even look at myself in certain career goals, let's say, where there was something I wanted so badly and I worked for it. There was an internship I wanted. There was a job I wanted and I put in the work to get it. I made my resume perfect. I reached out to the right people. I put myself out there. I did the work. I did the interviews. I I put everything on the table and then when I got it, I couldn't even like look back and think like, wow, like, I grew a lot in this season of having this job. It was just like, okay, well, that's just over. Where it's like I can't enjoy the goals once I've reached them, which is, it's hard and it's difficult looking back and being able to sit there where there's maybe not something specifically in mind, where I'm able to really reflect on how I um live my life and obviously these are all I'm talking in the extremes like on the daily basis like I'm not plagued like plagued by all of these things but just sharing from like my extremes and like all of my life experiences like I can look back on moments where I was so caught up in the result like for example I feel like this is a good example of where I did this in a healthy way let's say focus on results with me in this long distance relationship in marrying Hunter it's like if I was so focused on just getting to the engagement or just getting to the end of the long distance relationship, then I wouldn't have been really watching how the Lord was moving in my heart and moving in Hunter's heart and growing us and maturing us and preparing us for marriage through long distance. And I wouldn't be able to like appreciate that happening 
through the time. Luckily for me, I had an, my extreme burnout in high school with perfectionism and going into the long distance relationship. That was something where I was actively reflecting and thinking and I was I worked so hard to not go to my default perfectionism that I didn't passively just go through our relationship waiting for the end. I was able to enjoy the process of growing. So that's an example of like healthy perfectionism where I was like I was working towards that goal and I understand that I needed to put in work to get this quote perfect relationship that I wanted which spoiler alert relationships can never be perfect but I wasn't so caught up in the goal that I wasn't able to enjoy the process of getting to that goal but there has been plenty of times where I have done that I mean think about when you're in high school and applying for colleges, there were so many things that I was doing just to be involved, just to put out my resume, just to get into certain colleges or certain grades I needed or classes I needed to take because I thought that's what I wanted for school. And I didn't even really enjoy a lot of high school because I was so busy checking things off of a list or I was so busy meeting other people's expectations or honestly my own expectations that I really wasn't even enjoying a lot of the stuff that I did in high school. I feel like that's the best example. Okay, the next one goes hand in hand is that perfectionists are depressed by unmet goals. And I can definitely attest to this. I love how this article words it. It says, while high achievers are able to bounce back fairly easily from disappointment, perfectionists tend to beat themselves up much more and wallow in negative feelings when their high expectations go unmet. And so what's interesting is the difference between high achievers and perfectionists. And I would have normally said, like, I'm just a high achiever. But the difference is, is like, I take things much more personally if there is a failure. Like, I can't view things like, okay, well, yeah, I have to, I'm going to fail 10 times just to get to my one success. On paper, yes, I can, like, logically say, yes, that's true. But sometimes when these setbacks come or these unmet goals happen, they personally hurt and that hurt whether I can say the right thing about them or move on in front of other people on the inside I do think about them and on the inside it does motivate me and it does hurt me and it is hard for me to process when my high expectations for myself don't unfold the way I wanted them to it's really hard and so that's something I've really had to work through in the last, oh, I don't even know how many years, but especially once I've gotten to college where I had an idea of what my college experience was going to be and the things I would accomplish in college. And when those things didn't happen, I really did take the time to wallow. But in the ways I've grown in my perfectionism is that the difference is, and I think this is me maturing, is that a lot of times perfectionists why things are so devastating. It's because perfectionists have their own guidebook for how their life should look like. And once I realize that every single day I get to author that and that my goals and my accomplishments and my dreams and my desires get to change as I'm changing, that's when I felt the most free from my perfectionism. That's when I've been able to thrive in my perfectionism is understanding that I am my biggest critic and I can choose to be critical in other ways. For example, if I didn't get a leadership position that I wanted at Samford, which did happen, I was 
so upset about it and it was devastating to me and I was disappointed but then all of a sudden I realized maybe I didn't want it that badly like I, I got so caught up in the idea of wanting it so badly but deep down did I really want it that badly does it really change all that much by not having it and once I was able to really ration with myself that maybe I can't change that I am a perfectionist but I can change the code of perfectionism that I live by that has been a game changer for me. The next characteristic is fear of failure, which we all know. It's just, for me, it's a horrifying experience thinking about feeling. I am starting to grow in the area that feeling I'm understanding is a part of life. And by failing, you're able to learn a lot. I think that's where maybe perfectionists are really naive is that it sounds great. Or maybe you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I'm not a perfectionist, so I feel dumb because maybe I don't care as much about all these different things. Here's a con to perfectionism is that the fear of failure, that sometimes they'll have such a fear of failure that they'll set their expectations a little bit lower or they'll get so disappointed that they quit altogether so they can, so they won't be seen as less than perfect. When high achievers are willing to just set the bar high and if they fail, cool, they're going to learn from it, they're going to scrounge together and they're going to bounce back and try again. Those people are going to make it a lot further in life than the people who are so afraid of failure and they just want to be perfect that they don't even try. And so I've definitely teetered on both ends and I'm starting to be able to understand a lot of times that A, failure isn't always failure. Like what I define failure as isn't what the world defines failure as and that oftentimes by quote failing or by things not happening the way you thought they were it's just growing you and making you smarter it's making you better it's making you scrappier and ultimately it's going to make you a better person because you're learning a lot from it and so my fear of failure I have been distancing myself from have I fully arrived there absolutely not but we're getting better another one is procrastination which I thought was really interesting um I normally wouldn't use the word procrastinator to describe me but I've definitely as a senior have adapted this mindset um but it's basically saying that perfectionism can kind of be detrimental to productivity because if you can't do it perfect right then you think why even start it next one is defensiveness and it says because a less than perfect performance is painful and scary to perfectionism they often take constructive criticism defensively and I feel like all these ones at the end I felt I was very interested. I can definitely be defensive. I have a hard time with people being like, oh, by the way, you did this wrong, or giving me feedback, especially if I hold strongly to what I did. If I ask for feedback, then it's okay. But when people just want to give criticism or tell me, oh, this is a great example, maybe in Hunter and I's relationship, if he gives me feedback of being like, hey, by the way, next time that we're in an argument, the way you worded this was not productive and is actually kind of hurtful that is a good thing right constructive criticism is a good thing but on on a negative side I will sometimes and take that super personally and I'll get defensive and try and defend why I did it that way not because I think that I'm right but because I'm trying to explain why I did it that way because I feel bad and I want to have an explanation for why I maybe worded something that way or why I said that and justify it so that I don't feel like a failure but in the end that's just not super productive 
And the last one is low self-esteem. High achievers tend to have a high self-esteem, not so with perfectionists. Perfectionists tend to be very self-critical and unhappy and suffer from low self-esteem. This one, I wouldn't say I have a low self-esteem, but I will say that if I do something that I am highly critical about, I will beat myself up about it for a long time. Um, I'll feel guilty about things that I do. I definitely don't view myself as like a, I'm a very confident person, but if I quote fail at something, my self-esteem in that area will definitely take a decline. And so those are 10 things or 10 signs that you might be a perfectionist. I don't know if I just like rocked your world and you're like, uh, Taylor, I am a perfectionist. Cool. Thanks. Didn't think I was. Now I um, don't know what to do with that. And, or you're thinking, wow, I am a perfectionist. I feel so seen. I've known I'm a perfectionist. Or maybe you've thought that you're a perfectionist and now you're like, hey, I'm actually doing really great in some of those areas. And you know what? Good for you. Because not all of us can be you. But I wanted to show those common traits of a perfectionist to set a foundation for me to talk about a few of my perfectionist problems or experiences that I've had. And so the first thing I want to talk about is what I love about being a perfectionist. And it's that I feel so efficient. When I'm a perfectionist, I feel like I really am doing good work and I'm doing good things and that makes me feel good. I guess that's another one. I love doing good work and I really take pride in that. Like the things I turn in academically or the gifts I give or the projects I work on or the posts I post on She's Going Places or the episodes that I put out or the text messages that I send or the way I do my makeup or how clean I keep my room. I take pride in it. I take pride in things being as close to perfect as possible. I take pride in the effort that I put into things and that's not something that I'm ashamed of and it's not something that's a, a bad thing. I think I just kind of harped on perfectionism for a while but there are a lot of pros it it feels good at least for me like I I wouldn't want it any other way even though there are cons because I'm happy with being so regulated and so critical of myself because I couldn't imagine being on the other end of the spectrum where I didn't care I that is just so unattractive to me it would be unattractive to me and dating I wouldn't like it in myself if there was just things I just like didn't care about or I didn't try or I didn't put an effort like a big thing for me is having drive and having ambition and perfectionism kind of just comes with that and so I do love that about being a perfectionist and another one even though it's shallow is that people will praise you for being so good and words of affirmation as an Enneagram 3 and as a perfectionist are a big deal I do like hearing people say that I do a good job, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. I'm just being candid and sharing that with y'all, but I do like it. And because I'm producing good work and because I'm doing so quote well, and I'm producing perfect things, then people will notice. I think a part of being a perfectionist that I most enjoyed while growing up is that like people never felt like they had to worry about me worry about me turning in my fourth grade homework or worrying about me trying really hard on a project or I never had to be the person in the group project that everyone was talking about for not doing their work um, or for doing a bad job. I have never had that experience and I've never even had to feel guilty about things that I do because I know I do them well. Like I don't need someone else to tell me that. So you see, it's interesting. I like the praise, but I honestly don't 
need it. I thrive off of it, but I don't need it to function. I think that's a really interesting observation that I've made, at least internally, about what I love about being a perfectionist. It's an interesting perspective and it's an interesting lens for life. Like a perfectionist isn't just boiled down to working hard or doing good things. It's definitely like a mindset and it's a way that you live. And I that sounds so deep, but it really is true. I'm a perfectionist in my relationships. I want them to be as perfect as possible. I want to put an effort. I take pride in how I treat people. I take pride in the relationships that I pursue and maintaining them. And perfectionism falls into every area of my life. And what I've noticed is that if I can't be perfect in those areas, sometimes then I just won't put any effort towards it at all, which is maybe not super healthy, which transitions us into what I hate about being a perfectionist, is that number one, I put way too much on my plate. I have always been the person that will just add and add and add and add, and it comes from a place that I don't feel like anyone else can do it the way I can. I don't trust others to get anything done. I will choose to do things on my own or I'll choose to work on things entirely or take on every aspect of a project or a problem because I want to ensure that the end result is tailor approved and because of that I put way too much on my plate and I overwhelm myself and I say yes to way too many things and we've been working on that of cutting things out of my life and saying no And it doesn't come from a place of not wanting to disappoint people. I'm not worried about that. I'm totally capable of setting healthy boundaries um, and saying no for things. But it's a lot of times I don't want to say no because I don't want someone else doing it. (laughs) So it's like completely internally motivated. And it's not a matter of me not being able to stand up for myself. It's the fact that I want those things. But I honestly can't handle them all. And the idea of not being able to trust others to get anything done. This is like a funny note about perfectionists. It's like the people in a group project who will just do the entire project and take over your slides and want to check in on everything and make sure everyone's doing their work and being on top of anything. So it's like, ha funny. Like, yeah, that's Taylor. But this can also be super damaging to relationships if you're not able to like trust your significant other, for say, to get something done. Luckily for me, Hunter is a really hard worker. I mean, that's one of the things I find most attractive about him is how hard of a worker he is and we are two of the most efficient people I've ever met in my life. We are very goals oriented. We're very ambitious and so in that area there's certain things I don't have to worry about with him which is maybe why I fell in love and I feel so comfortable and we're a perfect pair because I don't think I could have been with someone that I have to worry about them getting everything together. I don't know. Maybe that's just a therapy moment for me right then. But it can be really damaging in friendships or your family relationships if you aren't able to trust someone else to get it done or you don't let them work on stuff because oftentimes it'll make them feel bad or um, feel like you don't value their opinions or you don't need their help. And so I definitely had to be really aware of like maybe how I talk to people when it comes to getting things done because I don't even sometimes realize what I'm saying can be really hurtful. And so through all these things, let's talk about how I've grown in my perfectionism and how I'm continuing to grow to ultimately maybe encourage y'all in certain areas. Um, So first off is 
my perfectionism has caused and continues to cause a stress on my mental health. My mental health has been the biggest yo-yo of 2021 and I've been pretty candid about that with y'all on the podcast and I think part of that a major player was my perfectionism because I was always thinking of the things that I'm not doing and immediately forget about the things that I have done and what that looks like is if I have a to-do list of 30 things and I cross off 25 of them I don't care about the 25 things that I've done because that's in the past. All I can think about, there are still six more things I haven't done. And so I'm always focusing on what I haven't done in terms of my perfectionism or if I could have done more or if it could have been better as opposed to being like, wow, you are really efficient because you got a lot done. And wow, you work really, really hard. I'm not really able to affirm myself in those ways. And so I've had to grow in this area or really think about how I talk to myself internally because as soon as the task is done, in my head, I'm like, who cares? I don't need a star. I don't need a pat on the back for getting it done. There's more to do. Um, There's more that I haven't done. There's more to accomplish. Surely I didn't do it great. Like I'm very critical in that area. And so this is an area that I have grown in in the past year, but will always need to continue to grow in and reset in and and through this growth I have started to let some things go. I definitely have found myself relaxing a little bit more. I have found myself procrastinating a little bit more. I've been giving myself grace in certain areas like for example not putting up podcast episodes or turning in a homework an hour late and taking the penalty because it really doesn't even matter about my GPA anyway. It was just this like self-righteous ride that I'd put on myself that everything had to be perfect and I had to be the perfect student and the perfect daughter and the perfect friend and the perfect roommate and the perfect girlfriend, fiance and the perfect friend and in all of those things you can't be perfect at anything and so through giving myself grace I've been learning that since I can't be perfect at everything I've had to start prioritizing and so I've had to really look at my life and decide what do I want to do my best in? Is it school? Is it all of my tasks? Is it my relationships? Etc. And because I've been able to really evaluate and prioritize over especially the past semester, I have noticed that it has made me happier because I've really let go of the uptight notion or I've tried. I'm getting healthier is the best way to put it. Is I Have I fully arrived? No. Will I fully arrive? Probably not. But I have been able to really take some step backs and realizing there were some thi- there's some things that I do still really care about that I will always be a perfectionist in and it will always have to be perfect and it will always be a priority and there's not going to be a lot of movement there. But I have realized there were some things that I was working really hard at and pushing myself to be perfect merely because I felt like I had to. It was maybe out of obligation or just the need to be perfect just for the sake of being perfect. And that's meaningless. And if you're feeling defensive right now, I'm talking to my high school self. There were so many things that I would work way harder at because it needed to be perfect. And I know it's such a cliche, but it's like work smarter, not harder. Sometimes to sustain a healthy balance or to sustain like your overall health an A minus or a B average work is okay 
And that's taken a lot. The, this is the growing section because that's taken a lot for me to learn. But there was just so many things that I used to do and ways I carried myself in relationships and the way I made myself available to people because I wanted to be the perfect friend or I would work so hard in school because I wanted to be the perfect student or I would force myself to work out even when I was exhausted because I wanted to appear as perfect as possible and have my life together from a health perspective. But like you can't eat perfect 100% of the time. You can't be working out perfect 100% of the time while doing school perfect 100% of the time while pouring into the relationships that you care about 100% of the time while also maintaining relationships that you maybe don't care about as much 100% of the time while being a good sister, daughter, cousin, whatever that looks like. You just can't do it. And I really believed for a long time that I could and that it was just me being lazy or me being tired or if I just had one more coffee or if I just tried a little harder or if I just cut my recreation time more and back and back and back and back and if I just stopped hanging out. I just believed I could do it all and I'm here to tell you that you can and to give you the sign that you need to give yourself grace and you need to relax and especially going into the end of the year and honestly leading into the new year when everyone is setting New Year's resolutions and goals and people are so ambitious at the beginning of the year and you might be thinking, I can't do this. I can't make the New Year's resolutions. I can't make a list of the ways I need to fix myself. That sounds exhausting and it won't be good for me. I'm here to tell you that's okay because beginning of the years, they're always really exciting for me because they're fresh starts. But honestly, they're maybe not the most healthy for me because for me and my personality, goal setting can be a little toxic and it can be a little bit much. And I always want to, on an unhealthy perspective, or on an unhealthy side of me, want to do better than everyone else, and so I'll set more goals, or I'll just say, I just need to work harder than her, and I'll get this. And my comparison is probably at an all-time high when it comes to goal setting or achieving things, and a lot of times beginning of the of a new year is when this happens. So as we're going into the holiday season, and things are crazy with family, and you're coming home, and they're asking you a bunch of questions, that you don't even know the answers to, or you're comparing yourself to everyone from your high school that you're now back in the same hometown in, or you're getting ready for the new year and you know everyone's going to be setting new goals and achieving new things and that completely overwhelms you. This is your sign to take a deep breath and realize you can't do it all. So if you want to do something, pick a couple and focus on those. And if you don't, then don't. I just think as my perfectionist problems have grown and evolved. I have just learned that life is just way too short for you to be super focused on all of the details that you're just not really watching the big picture or really living your life and being fully present in it. And so if you have a friend that this episode would be perfect for, please send this to them because I really do think everyone needs to hear this going into the holidays and going into the new year. Um, just talking about perfectionism and why it's just Maybe not the best for us. It's a good quality, but it's not the best quality. Perfectionist. I know that hurts you. It's a good reminder. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. It really means so much whenever you support the show. If you think about it, remember, subscribe, leave a review, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Our username is in the show notes, but it's at She's Going Places Podcast. 
been trying to put out more TikToks and trying to make more content for y'all um, to ultimately help the podcast grow. Don't forget to send this episode with a friend if you think it will help him or her in this season. And if you think about it, maybe share on your Instagram story about the episode so that more people can learn about She's Going Places. I love you guys. You're the best. Have an amazing week and let's go places together.